Deezer Originals. Now, it's time for Strong and Stable. Strong and Stable, 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 Strong and Stable. Welcome to Extra Strong, Extra Stable, the addition to Strong and Stable that doesn't so much push boundaries as refer them to the Boundaries Commission for review. I'm Aisha Hazarika and I'm joined by Helen Lewis, Anna Subri and Fred Macaulay. And this week we're discussing if we can truly be good moral citizens if we also use services that we know are a wee bit dodgy. Like picture house cinemas for failing to pay its workers the living wage, which is surprising as they could presumably pay a worker's entire annual salary for the price of a bag of popcorn and a large Pepsi. So, my dear guests, is it time to put a cap on capitalism? And how do we good, moral, upstanding people reconcile using a service like Uber or Amazon or picture house cinemas. So, Fred, where do you think we draw the line with these kind of companies that do a bit of creative accounting? Yeah. You used to be an accountant. Yep. Uh, and was creative in that as well. Uh, when I left the company, they added two words to the name of the company. Uh, Not guilty? No, in receivership. Just to show how good I'd been at the accounting. <laughs> but I'll tell you, just to be semi-serious fancy being Chancellor for a, moment, for a no, while? well, I've got all the qualifications. Um... Do you know who used to drive what our bottom line was? We were a family-owned company, not my family, and then sold out, became a PLC, and the disciplines changed dramatically. And uh, our finance director would come down to London, speak to analysts, and analysts would say, we expect X as your bottom line and Y to be your margin. And they would come back, and that had to filter through all the divisions. So they were driving what our... Now, when you're a family-owned company, you just turtle along nicely, and if you make X, that's, you know, as your profit, that's fine. With people that are creative accounting and they're, they're well-known coffee chains, for example, let me pick them. And I've got to say, I sometimes go in and have a coffee there. I don't mind the taste. You know, I, <laughs> I was happier in the days when I could buy coffee from Coffee Republic. Uh, I felt morally justified in doing that. I would never have bought a coffee from Coffee Three Man Ruling Military Junta. Um, <laughs> If there was a, a coffee democracy, I might, I, I might have done that. The thing about buying online is, I think you're you're opening yourself up to getting hooky products. I don't, you know, if you're buying a label online, I don't think you can be certain. I, I don't think we know who we buy from. I mean, you're, you mentioned Amazon. If you go online and buy something, the chances are when it comes through the, the letterbox or, or is delivered, it's a name that you're not familiar with. I, so I don't use them. Simply yeah. So you don't use? Oh no, I've got a real problem. You at don't the buy moment. online. Don't buy online. I do. I do buy stuff online, but not Amazon. Or... No, no, I don't oh. use Amazon. But and I've got this real problem at the moment because How I do won't... you survive. <laughs> no, I buy other stuff online, but I just don't do Amazon. Um, and I, I don't. I've never ever booked an Uber cab because um, I prefer black cabs, even though they often they do abuse me. I'm trying to stop their Brexit. But I've got a problem with Starbucks, you see, because I think, well, I'm not so sure they're paying their taxes, and then certain person in the lobby whose name I will not divulge introduced me at the Tory party conference to their latest marshmallow bar covered in chocolate, which is awesome. So now <laughs> I'm, I've got a really bad dilemma. So I blame my Neil because he uses Starbucks and I'll say I'm not going into Starbucks. So to you've prep. been seduced but by I do, this I do diabetic drink in Starbucks. No, but I look at label. 
yeah. and labels and I do all of that stuff and I, I do actually care. And do you feel that you do that from. because you're uh, an MP or do you no, think you I've would do that like anyway? That. Fair trade, always been like that long before I came into politics. But it's like food, like organic food, I would much prefer to buy less meat but buy good organic so make meat. Make sure that the pig was from. university educated Abs- and no, that no, kind no, just, of thing. No, 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 just hug the bit and Yeah, hug the bit and massage the bit. So I do like actually that. do all that but then of course I can afford to do it. Yes. Well, this is the thing. I, this one of the reasons I think of myself more on the left rather than being a kind of from the more individualistic chain of politics. I don't think it's fair to put all of that onto the consumer. I think we should be regulating markets properly. That's what that's the big change in British yep. politics, I think, over the last couple of years, is people have kind of given up this idea that actually free markets will inevitably lead to this wonderland and paradise where everything's fine. No, what you need to do with Uber, I don't think there's any problem with running a, a, a minicab service, essentially, but it needs to be properly regulated. Right. It needs to have safety rules in it, because otherwise what you're doing, essentially, is you're skewing a market to let the people who are cutting corners... I'll provide cheaper services. And of course, people will, in, will enjoy that and like that. But it's unfair. the weird thing about Uber is basically people in Silicon Valley are subsidising your cheap cab ride, right? It's completely flush with this venture capitalist money. It can't, it's not actually a sustainable business without all of that. So at some point, it will come crashing down yeah. unless they manage to eliminate all, all human drivers, which is kind of their plan. And that's the same and thing. And all humans with, at some point. With, with, with Amazon and Google and the big tech companies, actually, the problem is not about. Yeah, I think you're right in, in, in that. Obviously, individual consumers have a role to play in this. But what I would like, actually, is governments. And, and actually, the EU is one of the very few places that will stand up to big tech companies, stopping them with their creative tax arrangements where a bit goes through Ireland, a bit goes through the Netherlands and whatever. Because actually, I have, you know, most people, you're right, people... Uh, you know, just having to do a job in order to survive. They haven't got time to go through and audit every single thing in their life. That's what you elect politicians for. That's what you elect yeah, a government also, for. A lot of people. And of actually, we're doing some good stuff now on self-employed because this has been horribly mm, abused yeah. by the Deliveroo's and the Ubers and all the rest of them. They're just ripping people off. You know, the old adage. That's quite good. You get what you pay for. But what about people who are, you know, to quote Theresa May, the jams, the just about managings, the people who are struggling to get food on the table, people, you know, who are struggling, you know, to to make ends meet. Who up until this week couldn't pay the 55 pence a minute for calling a universal credit helpline. To stop them being evicted. I thought, 55 pence a minute, I mean, that's 30 quid an hour. Could do worse. That's better than comedy. I'm not even going to go into that. But what about people who don't have a lot of money and who don't have the luxury of being able to be a kind of a good ethical consumer? And that's why you rely on governments to do the right thing. And actually, if you look at anti-slavery legislation, one of the things that we did in that, and actually it was Theresa May that led it, was to put a responsibility on companies to report about where they get where they source their products from they have to publish that as part of that um, of those moves against modern slavery so there's a lot that government has done and this you could be very careful here because actually government there's a lot of stuff that says oh government's gone for free markets and we don't regulate it's baloney actually we we do still regulate and we believe in it and that's why there's a real concern about what happened with Grenfell Tower we now need to find out what did go on there so that people were living in places that were dangerous in the face Mm. of lots and lots of regulation designed quite properly to keep people safe and Anna just picking up on that I mean people do care about how workers are treated paying conditions do you think you'd like to see the trade unions 
allowed to be a bit more strong in this country to well, represent trade, I don't have a problem with trade unions, never have done. I'm an old shop steward, remember, the NUJ. And um, is there anything you haven't done? Oh, yeah, there are lots of things I haven't done, actually. <laughs> but, uh, I haven't done, I have, uh, that's true, I've never done Class A drugs. That's absolutely true. Or indeed Class B drugs. But anyway, moving swiftly on. But, um, yeah, of course people um, yeah, people should be properly paid and, of course, people's conditions should be looked after. What I, I'm, And I actually say to people, join a trade union. I don't have a problem with that. My problem is when trade unions don't represent their members properly and they're not democratic. So as long as they're good democratic institutions, they're good. And actually a lot of big businesses in particular actually like negotiating with trade unions. Uh, it actually helps get through stuff yep. when you know that you can deal with a trade union uh, and you can get agreements on. I could vote for this woman. I know, everybody's like, <laughs> say hard Brexit again. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bad voice, actually. I just sound like an old clapped out sex worker. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, I've got a problem with me, my throat. Hard Brexit. Oh, I love mm, it, I love it. I don't know what a clapped out old sex worker sounds like. <laughs> Fibbing again, Macaulay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, you do. <laughs> Interestingly, this is a bit of a discussion about capitalism. Mm-hmm. And there's been quite a lot of, you know, Ruth Davis in the Conservative Party wrote an interesting essay about capitalism has to change. And a lot of people feel that the free market isn't doing so well for everybody. Isn't this all going to be the thing that sweeps Jeremy Corbyn to power Fred Macaulay? I didn't know it was up to me. It is. Right. It's in your hands. Well, well vote. You're the man. Uh, You're the man right. in the room, so you yeah. get to decide about the future of the country. Is it going to sweep this anti-capitalism? Well, do you think some of the frustrations that people feel about capitalism and the fact that it's not working it. and yeah. it's unfair, and he's tapping into all of that stuff, he's, you know, what, what some people in Anna's party may say is all crazy Marxism. A lot of people is like, actually, it's regulating the markets. As I Helen think says. what is actually going to sweep Jeremy into power is the internal uh, combustion of the Conservative Party. Mm. Once they decide once and for all that Theresa is not the person to lead them any further forward and then there'll be more infighting. They'll try and vote Boris in. There'll be Boris versus Rees Mogg and Jeremy will just come Unless in the back door. The soob steps up. Yeah. The soobs will not be stepping up, that's for sure. Oh. And actually, it won't be um, Boris versus uh, Rees Mogg either. Boris oh, is struggling at the Mogg. moment. With a yeah. lot of people are really upset in the party about the way he's behaved in the parliamentary party. Who are they now? Um, after, if, if Theresa were to go, How I genuinely don't know. I think there's a very good argument the baton could pass to some of that new 2015 intake, actually. Mm. Um, but I, I think Fred makes a very serious, being serious for a moment, it's a very good point. People don't like divided parties. Uh, and at the moment, superficially, Labour is, seems united. It isn't. It's because all the moderates have been silenced by Jeremy Corbyn's success. Mm-hmm. If the deselections start, as they're certainly beginning to start, then you will see Labour in a perilous position. And at the same time, you will see my party in a perilous position as well, because we are clearly not united and it's silly to pretend that we are. And it could be very, very dangerous for the Conservative Party. I think even more dangerous for the Conservatives is the economic situation. You know, people haven't had a pay rise effectively in 10 years and the standard of living has gone down. Inflation now looks like it's it's rising and, and wages have not kept up. Yep. And that decides elections more than anything else. That's why I would I would say... It's the always ne- the economy. Yeah, the next election is Labour's to lose simply because a lot of people feel a bit 
fed up, a bit poor, they can't afford things that they thought they were going to. And everything that economists tell us about Brexit is that that is only going to exacerbate exactly. that. And if we don't get a grip on it as a party, we will end up in a position where, ironically, in 2022, because I think we will struggle on somehow, 2022, the choice will be between the Tories painted as the Brexit party and Corbyn painted as the Remain candidate. He's not a Remainer. He's a Brexiteer. He's a proper old-fashioned Benite lefty. Well, but that could be the choice, unless my the party gets candidate. a grip on it. Yeah. Uh, also, the difference between Tories is the continuity party and Labour is the change party, yep. which I think Absolute, is also a, a way that does not flatter right. the Tory party. Absolutely. Well, we are living in fascinating times, and that is it from us. I've been Aisha Hazarika, and this has been Extra Strong, Extra Stable, a That Lot production for Deezer. Special thanks to our guests, Helen Lewis, Anna Subri and Fred McCauley, and to our writers, Andrea Mann, Robin Flavel and Dan Bowman. And thank you for listening. This is the last extra strong, extra stable of the series. But don't worry, we'll be back before Britain leaves the European (laughs) Union. Cheer up, folks. Only another 525 sleeps to Brexmas. Till then, goodbye. Deezer. Deezer. Originals.